there, and welcome back to Not Your Average Keto Podcast. Before we get to today's show, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world and what's going on with me. We're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, and most of us are a little scared because there's a lot of people not taking the efforts to contain the spread of the virus seriously. Please stay at home unless you absolutely need to go out to work or to buy food. It's not a time to be visiting. It's a time to keep your friends, family, and neighbors safe. You can help out by grocery shopping for people in high-risk categories, such as the elderly or people who have compromised immune system. Above all, wash your hands. As for me, this thoroughly derailed my efforts to eat more nutritiously, and I confess I indulged in several days of poor food choices, but I don't doubt I'm not alone. If you're in the same boat, don't feel bad. None of us is perfect, and these are difficult times. I'm feeling a bit more encouraged these days, and it was fantastic talking to today's guest, who's quite an inspiration. For some reason, the audio went in and out a bit, and the Wi-Fi disconnected at one point, but I hope you will listen past that and enjoy the show. Today's guest is Justin Weber. When his son was born in 2014, he was at almost 400 pounds. He was ashamed of his weight and realized he wasn't the role model he wanted to be. A self-recognized food addict and a binge eater, Justin realized food was his addiction he couldn't quit, but he could change his mindset about food. Instead of treating it like a drug and abusing it, he treats it like a cure by giving it value. He cooks more at home, learned new recipes and techniques, and began making more health-conscious food choices. He purposely plates and photographs nearly everything he cooks and bakes, because that shows himself that what he's about to eat is important enough to document. By making these changes to his diet, he was able to lose 170 pounds and now has the energy to keep up with the kids. His goal is to provide a creative and holistic approach to cooking that empowers people to establish for themselves a healthy and sustainable lifestyle by promoting hope and sharing strategies, tips, and recipes to those who need it. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today, Justin. I appreciate you taking the time to be with me here today. I'm excited to be here. So you lost about 170 pounds over a couple of years, and you've maintained that weight after overcoming years and years of poor eating behaviors. What was your biggest challenge? I think my biggest challenge was just that shift in mindset, kind of like what you said in the introduction there is like going from treating food as just a way to, I guess, you know, eat through my emotions or you know, if I'm just having a hard time in life in general to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to eat, I'm going to binge eat, I'm going to eat just tons of garbage food. And then to go from that to, well, I still need to eat, you know, we're human, we need to do that. Um, And then to say, okay, I need to make some different choices. And I need to make ones that are more health conscious, and ones that I'm actually giving my body the fuel that it needs versus you know, a bag of chips and a soda. So speaking as food as being an addiction, what have you found that you do instead of eating if you need to manage those emotions? What have you, what are you using for coping mechanisms now? Yeah, a lot of the cope, like I've over the years, uh, so it took me about two years to lose the weight and I've maintained it now for a little over two years. So in that time period, I've just, I've learned a lot more about myself and I've learned a lot more about, you know, how do I act and react to certain situations and what are the things that, 
you know, for a long time would cause me to binge eat. What are a lot of those times or emotions where I'd be so overwhelmed or wrapped up that I would look to food as kind of an answer to that. So a lot of it is I still go back to food just in a different way. Like you said in the introduction, I mean, now I'm more focused on, you know, I love to cook and I love to try to make my food look pretty and presentable. And I like coming up with new recipes. So for me, a lot of it is still turning to food, just turning to food in a different way and using it for a different purpose now that instead of looking to it as an addiction, uh, well, I guess it's still kind of, <laughs> it is an addiction just in a different way. Like uh, this morning, you know, with just all of the different things going on in the world right now, uh, you know, I woke up and I made sourdough bread and I made granola and I made um, a couple other things. I can't even remember what it all was, but, you know, just being creative and seeing food as something completely different. Now it's a, a creative outlet for me. Um, some of those other coping mechanisms that I've developed over time is being more honest about what I'm going through with people. At my heaviest weight, I pretty much shut everybody out and didn't tell people, you know, I'm stressed or I'm depressed or I'm feeling anxious or I'm, you know, having problems with panic attacks. Um, now I actually have people that I'll tell that to, and I'll be a little bit more honest. Um, I also had started going to therapy, which was fairly new within the last year and just trying to work through, you know, what was I doing for all these years? And, you know, why did I have the mindset that I did for so long? And just really trying to understand those pieces and, you know, working on being honest which is a very challenging thing. I mean, at, you know, 400 pounds, I tried my very best to hide in public. Whereas now it's, okay, I want to be, I want to be more open. I want to be more vulnerable because I know that that's going to help me to not turn to those old habits. Right. I think that's really fantastic that you've got that now, that self-awareness and that knowledge. That's such a, that's such a great accomplishment. When you were losing the weight, you credit using the food tracking app, Lose It. And they were the first to kind of share your story and that gave you the confidence to put yourself out on social media. Are you still working with them? Yeah, they, the app itself is the one that, I mean, I had tried, you know, other diets. I didn't really try that hard with any of them, but, you know, I tried other diets. I tried other weight loss strategies, but none of them really seemed to fit. Um, they all seemed like they were too restrictive or I had to do too much or they, like they, you know, there were certain guarantees that I didn't get right away. So I'd get frustrated. Uh, but a friend of mine had actually suggested that app to me and he said, you know, it's free. I'm already doing it. Um, you know, check it out. And so I did. And <clears throat> it worked for me because I didn't really have to give anything up. I just had to be more aware of what I was eating and what I was consuming and having that, I guess the, the visual in front of me and actually taking that little bit of time to, I'm going to enter in that donut. I'm going to enter in that soda and I'm going to see how quickly those numbers add up. Um, 
so it took about two years with the app to lose the weight. And then since those two years, I have done quite a bit more with them. Like this last May, I, they actually flew me out to meet the people there. So I got to meet the CEO. I got to meet all the different people that I've talked to um, over the last, uh, I guess, like 14 months or something like that. I've been a blogger for their website. So once a month, I usually put out like four or five different recipes. Some of them are video recipes, um, but just different ways of helping their community and uh, just giving giving what I know back to those people is like, okay, I'm an actual, I'm a real user of this product. And, um, you know, these are the foods that I eat. And it's, again, another way for me to have that creative outlet, um, especially with people that, I mean, they've been a huge part of my story. Right. Now, talking about creativity, now your Instagram page is full of pictures of extremely delicious food. <laughs> And what, but when I'm reading through your captions, your message is, is about getting into the kitchen and cooking whole foods. And then there's so much in there about your mindset. Now, do you feel like you're still mm -hmm. growing and changing? Oh, ab absolutely. I mean, it's, it's something new all the time. Um, you know, for so long, I ignored that concept of mindset. And for so long, it was, uh, I just didn't, it, it wasn't even like a, none of it was a conscious effort. I mean, so much of it was things just happened. I ate whatever I wanted to eat or whatever I wanted to eat. Um, you know, I would binge watch TV shows for days at a time. Um, so now it, it is that, you know, I want, I want people to, to also find that joy and love in the kitchen and cooking their own food, you know, whatever it is. Like I'm not a, you know, you have to eat this certain food because it's healthy. It's just, you know, learn about your food, like learn to care about what you're cooking and what you're eating. Because I think, I mean, for me, that was the biggest piece of that puzzle. The more time that I put into, you know, even making like a peanut butter sandwich, <laughs> like just going maybe like one extra step with it, um, it helps you to value it a lot more. And it's something it's, it's not I'm just going to eat this. It's I'm going to enjoy this and I'm going to put the time into making my own bread or I'm going to put the time into making my own pasta sauce. Um, and for a lot of it, for me, I mean, I love the science behind food and I love the science behind cooking and, you know, learning all different techniques and all the different gadgets out there and figuring out what weird ingredients I could maybe use next or um, even things like making my own ramen noodles uh, and baking baking stuff to make a, a certain chemical compound that's used in authentic ramen noodles. Um, I know for a lot of people, that's not really their thing, but I like to show people that it's possible. I like to show people that you can do some just, you know, all those different things that you eat that you don't think about. It's like, yeah, you can actually make that at home. Um, and even if they don't ever make it, I just I think it's kind of cool to know that you can. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think a lot of what we need to kind of go forward when we're thinking about food is where does it come from? 
um, like all mm-hmm. of these packaged foods, you know, what's the process that goes into making them and what are the chemicals that are in there and where does your food come from? And I, I'm kind of thinking about eating a lot more locally. And if it's, it's March mm-hmm. here in, a, you know, three months, we're going to have beautiful, delicious strawberries, local strawberries. And you try those and then, you know, in the middle of December, get the strawberries that are from shipped to you thousands of miles from, you know, California or Mexico. And there's no comparison that the local berries are Mm -hmm. like a million times better than than the strawberries that are shipped raw uh, or green. And they're ripened on the way because they're in these trucks that are being ripened with gas. And, And I'll bet people don't think about that. And that's kind of some of that science behind the food and what you're talking about and thinking about where some of the oils come from and a lot of the other processed, if you look at salad dressings, there's almost always sugar in salad dressings. Does it need sugar? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just make a nice vinaigrette out of, you know, oil and vinegar and some herbs and it probably tastes a lot better than, than a bottled salad dressing, but you eat mostly Mm -hmm. vegan food and to me, it's irrelevant if you eat what you eat, as long as you're fit and healthy and obviously eating the plant-based diet works for you. So I think the message is to stop mm-hmm. eating processed food filled with chemicals and start eating whole foods. Yeah. And that's something that I noticed for myself over time is that my taste actually changed. And I mean, it is, it's amazing, like you said, even with salad dressings, just how much stuff goes into processed food and how much sugar goes into all of it as well. Even things like um, Panera, you know, which is a pretty common restaurant here in America. Like even what you'd think is, okay, this is the healthy option in their tomato soup. I mean, it's got just tons of sugar in it. It's like drinking a can of soda. And our taste buds have actually been programmed to recognize those things as that's sweet and I like this because it has so much sugar in it but you know the more that you're eating whole food and the more that you're eating food that you make at home um, you know going back to having any of those things like a salad dressing with lots of sugar in it like you realize like wow this is like insanely sweet and you never just never noticed it before or even like eating um you know, going out for uh, like not local pizza, but just like a chain pizza and having one of those again, just how much oil is in it, how much salt is in it. But if you're used to eating that way, like that just kind of becomes the norm. I mean, that's what when you think of those flavors, that's what you think of. You just you don't recognize how much sodium is in it or how much sugar is in there. Right. I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were saying, I think 50 years ago, the average person ate about four pounds of sugar a day and now, or sorry, four pounds a year. And now it's like about a hundred pounds a year. And not just because we're eating so many more sweets, which generally people are and, and pop and things like that, but there's just so much more sugar added to every single food that's out there has always got more, um, more sugar in it. I had bought a bottle of no added sugar ketchup. And my daughter was like, what is this? Cause it tastes weird. And I said, <laughs> it tastes weird because there's no sugar in it. And she just wasn't used to that taste. 
So, I mean, it's ketchup and it has got sugar in it. Like, I just find that crazy. Yeah. Well, even even things like the the different artificial sweeteners or the different natural sweeteners. Um, I don't know if you've done much research on those, but it it actually retrains your brain in terms of what you consider to be sweet and what you consider to be sweet enough. Because some of those, like, I think it's monk fruit. That's a pretty common one. Or stevia, that's another really common natural sweetener. That those are actually, I think it's like 100, I think monk fruit is 150 times sweeter than sugar is. And yeah, you just become used to that. You used to become sugar and uh, high fructose corn syrup. And yeah, you start seeking out those flavors as well. On your Instagram, you've got a lot of before and after pictures. So I have to ask you about the arm tattoos because they look fantastic. <laughs> Are they, they new? Like they're less, just the past few years because I don't see them in the before pictures. Yeah. So I've been getting, I've been getting tattoos since I was 18. At the time, uh, they were pretty much contained to my legs and they were pretty small ones. I mean, I have like, one around my ankle, one a little one on top of my foot, one on my ankle, um, on my other ankle. But it's really been within this last year that like, I, I wanted to start like showcasing, I guess, a little bit more color, a little bit more vibrancy. I found a style of tattoo that I like. Um, and for me, it's also a way for me, I guess, to like control how my body looks. And that's a big part of it, too, because it's something that I can choose to do, especially after losing, you know, a, a dramatic amount of weight. I mean, your body just kind of does its own thing in terms of loose skin and whatever. Um, but it's also a way for me to express yes, individuality, creativity and all the different tattoos, especially in my arm. Um, it's now a sleeve, it's actually complete, is they're all things that relate to my health journey in general. Um, most of them are some kind of transformative creature, like I have um, a butterfly, that one's a little bit more obvious in terms of transformation, uh, dragon representing strength, I have the crow representing uh, wisdom and if you look into like Norse mythology the crows were they could transform and they could you know become people or other animals or whatever um, so I guess it's kind of a very simple version of <laughs> all of my different tattoos but I think I'm up to like I don't even know 30 40 of them something like that Oh, I love that. They, they look so great on your Instagram pictures. They're and kind mm -hmm. of going in this, with the creativity. Um, Crow Moon Kitchen. I love that. That's your social media name. Where mm -hmm. was the inspiration for that? Yeah, so the, the name Crow Moon Kitchen uh, signifies the crow moon, which is the last full moon of winter. And it's the welcoming in of spring and new beginnings and growth. So in terms of my own journey, um, I mean, that's been the biggest transformation is how I look at food and my mindset about eating and enjoyment of eating um, and trying to help others understand that as well. Because something that I see quite a bit like throughout Instagram and social media and 
just in media in general is this we've gotten so far away from our kitchens and we've gotten so far away from cooking for ourselves and cooking for our families. And one of the saddest things that I see is losing that heritage of food as well. Um, you know, just there's so many beautiful like ethnic uh, recipes out there and people aren't, they're not like creating them anymore. They're not passing them down from generation to generation anymore. Um, and so for me, I mean, the kitchen is, it's a huge part of my life. And so the name Crow Moon, it's that welcoming in of something new, welcoming in of warmth and beginnings. That's awesome. That's really, and I really see your point there about these recipes and ways of eating not being kind of handed down. But you've kind of been on this journey for about like five years now mm -hmm. since your son was born. Where do you see yourself in five years in the future? Oof. I don't even know. <laughs> um, I mean, so much of this is, it's all new to me. Uh, at my heaviest weight, I mean, I, I really didn't do much. I mean, I, in terms of physical activity, I really didn't have any. In terms of inspiration, not really that much. So now that I have kind of like a new lease on life, I mean, it's all just so new. And even social media, um, you know, to, to, to think of myself as, okay, I can, I can maybe help other people who are like me. I can maybe help other guys who are like me who don't feel like maybe they fit in with the rest of, you know, the fitness culture or whatever. Um, so five years from now, I have, I have no clue <laughs> where I'll be, but I hope that I'll still be, you know, helping other people and maybe helping other people in bigger ways. So talking about the fitness culture, um, I think I saw that you bicycle. Mm -hmm. And is that kind of your regular exercise routine, doing a lot of biking? Yeah, I, it was one of my goals as I lost weight was I had grown up on my bike. I mean, I grew up in a tiny little town in northern Wisconsin. Uh, we biked everywhere. And for a really long time, I was too heavy to ride a bike, just in terms of the, the weight capacity of a bicycle. So that was one of my first, like, real goals of, okay, I'm going to lose weight, and then I'm going to get a bike, and I want to start biking again. And then I started biking longer distances, I got into it a little bit more, I bought a road bike, and then I started doing more endurance biking. Um, so those are the you know, a hundred mile or 160 kilometer rides, um, you know, trying to see, you know, how many miles could I put in, in a week? So I think, uh, not this past summer, the summer before I hit almost I think it was like 5,000 miles on my bike. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily see it so much as a, like a fitness component. It's just something that I really enjoy doing. It's my time to relax in a sense because you can kind of you know just enjoy your surroundings and i you know play music or i'll you know bike out into the country and have lunch you know somewhere in a field or something um yeah it's just i've i've just really enjoyed the like the simplicity of it and seeing you know what what can my body do now 
you know, what am I capable of doing now? And biking has been the, I guess, my outlet for that. It sounds almost meditative in a way mm-hmm. as you're getting out onto your bike and out into the country and you're kind of communing with nature and you're just kind of in your own little zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're kind of coming to the end of our time today. Just enjoyed our chat tremendously. Where can people find um, you can find me. I mean, the bulk of what I do is on so is on uh, Instagram. So my handle on Instagram is at Crow Moon Kitchen. So just all one word. But I also have a website, crowmoonkitchen.com. And I typically will post on that uh, some of like the bigger recipes, like the ones that maybe are a little more time consuming or the ones that need a little bit more explanation or they're the ones that I took copious amounts of pictures of and i want to be able to just put them all together versus the one picture on instagram um but usually those two it's kind of like the best way to find my work perfect that's terrific so everyone check out justin especially his instagram page there's so many great pictures and his youtube channel and make sure to subscribe because there's lots of really good yummy recipes showcased there and i want to try my hand at that ratatouille because it looks fantastic. Yeah. I can't believe that's it's a work of art that there. Um, that looks great. And you make <laughs> that it, was a fun one. You make it look so easy to make. It looks great. My my daughter, she loves Ratatouille, the, the Disney movie. So she's mm-hmm. she's willing to try Ratatouille if I make. Thanks again, Justin. Well, thank you for having me on this podcast. I appreciate it. I had to be mindful of Justin's time because he was recording during his kids nap time. And every parent will know how precious that particular time is to try and get things done around the house. Justin has already agreed to come back for another recording as we've barely scratched the surface. I'm definitely going to try and make Justin's ratatouille today if I can find the ingredients. It's not exactly the right time of year to be making a traditional summer recipe, but I'm pretty sure that the grocery stores carry produce that was grown and stored locally. I'll let you know how that turns out. If you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please let me know on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I can be found under Not Your Average Keto Podcast. If you've liked listening to my podcast, please hit the subscribe button, like, or rate a review. Stay safe, wash your hands, and be excellent to each other.